1: As you work your way through Romans, you begin to realize that no one is exempt from the demands of the gospel, as we see next, here in Romans on Truth For Today with Phil Howard. Again, welcome to our broadcast, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we continue working our way through Romans, we begin to see that no one is exempt from the demands of perfection that the gospel brings forth. As we look at today's broadcast in Romans, we do so understanding that God is angry with the religious and the self-righteous. Doesn't leave much left, huh? For more, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: Look at uh, Romans chapter 2. Let me give you the setting. He's in the judgment of God, the wrath of God, from chapter 118 until he gets to 319. And in this, he's laying down his indictment, the divine indictment against the human race, why they need Christ. They're under the wrath of God. And so he dealt with the Gentile world in chapter 1. Uh, In chapter 2, I believe he picks up the Jewish problem, but in the guise of the moralist, of the judgmental. Now we pick up, for sure, an emphasis on the Jewish problem, what I call the religionist. If anybody was the religionist and had the right religion of the time of Paul when he grew up, in the time of Christ, it was the Jew. And he's going to do something that he had to face constantly in the book of Acts. Go to the synagogue, and see, that's the way we could do evangelism today. Go to the local place where there's a little bit of correct theology and start debating with people there about the true God. Now, be prepared to be thrown out. Be prepared to be stoned, because that's what happened to Paul. But he would always reason with Jews at the synagogue. Sometimes you'd have some converts if you read Acts, Many times they were enraged at the indictment. And so we begin here, chapter 2, verse 17 through 3, 8, looking at their religious advantages, the advantages he lists there. He gives them the advantages of circumcision. And then he gives us in chapter 8 four of the common arguments that were always used against his view of the Jew that needs God. I'll read it. And then I'll try to explain the passage, and then I would like to apply it to us. We begin at verse 17. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior, because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, A light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of a heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted. With the very words of God. Second argument. What if some did not have faith? Would their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar as it is written. So that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might even argue, If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness, so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil, that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved. Well, Paul is certainly dealing with the Jewish problem, the religious problem of the day. I must just say this issue today to establish who is a Jew is a highly debated issue. It's a highly debated Uh, because we don't have records of where the 12 tribes are. It's hard to prove genealogies. And uh, all kinds of arguments on who is truly a Jew. Who is a Jew? What makes you Jewish? Ah, the first and great answer that I know you were thinking of, you're related to Abraham, right? Where did Ishmael come from? I can't hear you. You don't know? Ishmael? That happens to be the Arab world that he had by the handmaid. So, a common definition in Judaism today is you're Jewish if your mother was Jewish. And why would they say that? Ah, Abraham and Sarah, we've got to get rid of this Hagar girl. So, your mother's got to be Jewish. okay. What if your mother, uh, let's say, let's forget, let's say you become a Christian and your mother's Jewish. Are you still Jewish? One aspect, and this is a common thing of those who uh, bash, converted Jews, who've really come to see Christ as Messiah, they'll say, you're no longer Jewish. What do you mean? You're saying genetically, ethnically, I just gave up my connection to Abraham and Sarah? Impossible. I don't have to give up my ethnicity to be a Christian, do I? How many of you uh, African-Americans quit being black because you became a Christian? How many Anglos quit being white because you became a Christian? It does nothing to my ethnicity. Born a Jew, always a Jew. Ethnically. Okay. Many of you could care less about this discussion because you're not Jewish, but you ought to listen. You ought to get educated a little. But if you're Jewish, it's a big thing. If you convert to Christianity, you will give up your Christianity. I think of Mos Rosen. His father put him out of the family will, put him out of the family business, and disowned him the moment he took Christ as his Savior. Did any of you face that when you became a Christian? It was very offensive to his father that he would become a Christian. Is he Jewish? You say Mosh Rosen. You can't even pronounce it. He's as Jewish as you're going to get. But Yeshua is his Messiah. So there's a religious connection. So now you mean do I profess the same religion? I ask a, uh, a cohort that my daughter worked with. And my daughter no longer works there. Maybe as a result of the conversation. Uh, when I met this psychiatrist who had in the field, many Jewish people there. And my daughter told me about it. And I said, are you a pagan Jew or an Orthodox Jew? And she says, huh, how dare you? I said, well, are you laying down bananas in front of Buddha? Are you worshiping the God of Abraham? Well, she's laying down bananas to Buddha. She was in a new age. She was in. Is she still Jewish. Can you be a New Ager? Can you be a Buddhist and be Jewish? Ethnically, racially, always. Is her religion the religion of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Absolutely not. But they'll get them, don't you convert to Christianity because you will give up your ethnicity. But you can run with Shirley MacLaine and New Agers. That's okay. It's a way to keep them from coming Messiah. Let's see what Paul is saying. The first thing he says, and the question is raised, what advantage is there in being Jewish? A common Jewish statement that came out of World War II and Holocaust victims was, God could you not have chosen somebody else? If this is the way you treat the chosen I like to be unchosen because they have suffered immensely and been hated without cause. So what is the advantage to being Jewish? And here the converted Jewish rabbi says, let me tell you the advantages. And he starts to name some of the things, and he goes into more in Romans 9. Let's just look at it. Is there any advantage to being Jewish? Well, uh, notice this. First of all, you've got the right name, Jew, comes from Judah, to be praised, to praise God. So they've got the right title. Uh, If you rely on the law and brag on your relationship with God. See, you've got the law. You've been a people that have had a relationship with God. Notice this. You know his will. How, How would they know his will? In the scriptures, God revealed his will. Gentiles didn't have his will. They staggered in darkness. And you approve of what is superior. Because you are instructed by the law. Now, that is great privilege. Look at this. They had the law. They had a relationship with God. Uh, They are Jewish going back to Jacob. They're the children of promise. Uh, The law itself, you've got these magnificent books, 39 books of the Bible. Uh, And then... Not only that, look at their role in history. You've been a guide for the blind. You know, proselytes from the gentiles came to know God by converting to Judaism and coming like a Ruth in the book of Ruth. Here this gentile girl follows Naomi. She puts she takes on the God of Israel. She's a Moabite, but I want the God of Israel. She, their guide for the blind. You've been a light for those in the dark. You've been the one that instructed people, the foolish, the foolish Gentiles mainly, stupid about the true and living God. And where on the earth could you find the true and living God for millenniums? You had to go through Israel. They had the monopoly on the true knowledge of God, unmistakably, while the Gentiles wondered Worshipped stone and woods, were vulgar, were into sex worship. Everything was dirty, polluted, killed their children. Perished for millennia without the true and living God. If you wanted to know God, you had to go to Israel. They had the monopoly for God chose them out of all the nations, unmistakably. You were the teacher of infants because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. Turn to chapter 9. I'll give you a few other of the great privileges. Listen to what Paul says in verse 3. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Adopted, he told them in Hosea, I've adopted you. Theirs has been the glory the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, right on down. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is over all, who is God over all. By the way, clear clear mark of Christ's deity. Forever praised, amen. So Advantages all over the place, great advantages. Now, Paul does something because arrogance was destroying them. They were too proud to say they needed a Messiah. My Jewishness is enough to get me to heaven. Let me give you a quote from some of the rabbis They said, God loves Israel alone of all the nations of the earth. God will judge the Gentiles with one measure and the Jews with another. All Israelites will have a part in the world to come. Abraham sits beside the gates of hell and does not permit any wicked Israelite to go through. When Justin Martyr was having a dialogue with Trifo, the Jew, he said, They who are the seed of Abraham according to the flesh shall in any case, even if they be sinners and unbelieving and disobedient towards God, they share in the eternal kingdom. Hell was made for Gentiles. No Jew will ever go there. It was this common teaching of the rabbis after the second temple. Just be physically related to Abraham and you have immunity from divine wrath that's what Paul's taking on and now he's in this divine wrath section of Romans let me tell you listen to me Jewish people you are under the same divine wrath and yet the question how can this be we have the covenants. We've got the word of God. We're related to Abraham. We've got circumcision. We've got the patriarch. How You are out of your mind, Paul. How can this be? And now he begins to say, well, let me tell you what you practice. You've got all these advantages, but this is what I want to ask you. Uh, you who have the law and teach others, do you teach yourself? Now he's messing with their lifestyle. He said, you teach not to steal, but do you steal? You teach not to uh, commit adultery, but you commit adultery. You've got all these advantages. You abhor idols and you rob temples, which no commentator seems to know quite what that means. We're not quite sure we know. How Jews were robbing temples. Some think it might have been they were withholding money from their own temple. That they may have been robbing God in offerings. Because we can't imagine as a whole a Jew invading a Gentile temple and stealing from it. But it's a, ambi- it's a tough verse to know. But he's saying, here you are. You're bragging in your advantages. But it's not doing anything in your life. You brag about the law but you dishonor God by breaking the law. Uh, And then he says something that I know must just work havoc in their heart and insult. By the way, God is evil spoken of by people looking at you. They killed Jesus for blasphemy. He said that he was Messiah. He was Israel's king. And for this, they said, we can kill you for you've committed blasphemy. And yet their very life was giving God bad advertisement. Did you know one of the great things to know before you're a Christian? He said, we've all sinned. And listen to what he says. You fall short of bringing me any glory. The thing that is the worst thing about us without Christ and without God, none of us ever, ever Brought any recognition of God's worthiness, greatness, goodness, thankfulness. For you did not honor him as God. And here he's saying, my chosen people. Chosen to be entrusted with the word. Chosen to be related to the father of the faithful. Given all these privileges. All these privileges. And in the state you're in now, as Paul writes, God is blaspheming. He's not even being known. Why was he not being known? As Jesus talked to the Pharisees, he said some things about them in Matthew 23. Let me just repeat them a little bit for you. He told them, says, you're good uh, in Matthew, I'm just giving you an overview of it. He told them, he says, you're good at teaching the law, you just don't practice it. You do everything to get a convert, and you make them twice the sons of hell because you get them into a religion with God that doesn't save them. Uh, you teach. Uh, you don't bring any relief to the burdens. You, you are burdensome teachers. You uh, uh, load down these widows. You rob them of their income. You uh, strain at gnats, and you swallow camels. You uh, make the outside of the tomb whitewash, but inside it stinks because it's full of rotting religion. Rot- you have ruined Judaism. You ruined something that was to be a faith. And now you religious rulers of Judah, you're terrible to your people. Your teaching gives no relief. You're good at preaching. You're lousy at living. I'm sick of the whole thing. And in the midst of all of it, you've chosen this ritual you've set up. You've chosen this religious rut you've developed. And you are stumbling over God's great gift. Messiah has come. Messiah is here. And he's here according to the prophets. He's not just coming off of a spaceship. He's coming according to Micah. Micah 5 he's coming according to Isaiah 53 he's coming according to Psalms 2 he's coming according to the prophets we're not making this up he's coming according to Isaiah 9 he'll be the mighty God the counselor he's coming according to Isaiah 7 that a virgin shall conceive he is fulfilling all that the prophets said and you said we've already got our religious house operating the way we want we don't want the real thing that's why when we come to our own application, everything he's saying, everything he's saying about them, as we come back to look at ourselves, we have the same religious challenges. Because every mistake Israel made, we are liable to make. Because the Gentiles are no better. And as we come to the end of a church age, we'll make And we are making many of the same kinds of false judgments and mistakes. So he comes down and he says, uh, by the way, you've got that superior symbol of all other symbols, circumcision. And you've gone to seed on it. You're bragging. Listen to this. I give you a quote from Rabbi uh, Manecham in his commentary on the book of Moses. He says... Our rabbins have said that no circumcised man will see hell. Rabbi Menachem. In the Jackal uh, uh, Rubenai, if I say it right, it is taught circumcision saves from hell. In the um, Medrex Tillam, it is said God swore to Abraham that no one who was circumcised should be sent to hell. In the book of uh, Akedeta Jezahach, it is taught that Abraham sits before the gate of hell and does not allow that any circumcised Israelite should enter there. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Paul comes into town preaching at a synagogue and says, you need Jesus Christ. And the guy says, you can keep Jesus. I've been circumcised. If there's no Christ in it, every religion will just help you go to hell with a little less discomfort. But it will not make you immune to the judgment of God. You must come to Christ, the way, the truth, the life. He alone saves.
1: Understanding who we are before God and what God requires and how God makes that requirement possible through His own Son. All found here in the book of Romans as we continue our verse-by-verse survey of this amazing book here on Truth For Today. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855 855- what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support.